The Kindness Podcast is made possible by Cornwell Properties in Athens, Ohio. Cornwell Properties offers Ohio University students the best locations to live in Athens. All of their apartments are either on Court Street or within one block. Cornwell Properties. Location matters. Visit their website, cornwellpropertiesathens.com, for more information. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Sean Alexander's life was changed forever when he found out his wife, lifelong athlete Colleen Kelly Alexander, was run over by a freight truck while out on a bike ride. She survived and went on to compete in dozens of races and triathlons. Colleen credits much of her success to her biggest cheerleader, her husband, Sean. This week, I get to talk with Sean about walking a loved one through trauma and how to support someone dealing with a long-term rehabilitation. I do want to talk about Colleen's pain and and what that means for you. But before we do that, I love a good love story. Will you tell me how you guys met? (laughs) Yeah. So Colleen and I went to high school together uh, in Daytona Beach at uh, a school called Seabreeze Senior High. Um, Hold on. We need to stop right now because I'm in Ohio. There's a lot of people in Wisconsin who listen. Did you just say Daytona Beach Seabreeze High Seabreeze Senior High School, yes. Are we like on the set of 90210 right now or what? That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was it was definitely a very cheesy like nine, uh, whatever 90210. <laughs> oh, don't pretend <laughs> like you don't know what it is. Come on. I would, say, I would say it was more like Saved by the Bell maybe. I don't know. Saved by the Bell meets 90210. That's but, um, awesome. Okay, carry on with your love story. Sorry. So 17 years later, um, well, oh. she broke up with me, but uh, 17 years later, I'm in Colorado and she's in Vermont and uh, I'm doing my thing out in the mountains and uh, she's doing her thing. I get on Facebook for the very first time back in 2008 and I'm, uh, I'm like, okay, so I'll give this Facebook thing a shot. I was uh, boycotting it for, for, you know, years because I was like, you know, everybody's doing that. It's just another dating site. I'm not going to get on that. So I finally got on it because all my friends are on it. And I'm like, okay, so I'll, I'll do a little search and see who I can find that I went to high school with. And lo and behold, there she is. So I sent her a little uh, message and saying, hey, stranger, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I said, but I was like, hey, hey, long time to see you. How are you doing? So we started chatting and, um, and it was, it was almost like, ooh, ooh. No, no time has had left us. You know, she still mm. sounded the same. She said I sounded the same, maybe a little deeper, if that's possible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was it was really cool. And she explained to me that how how sorry she was um, that she broke up with me. Um, and you know, and then um, we were, we were just texting back and forth on Facebook at the time. She wanted to apologize for that because um, out of all the guys that she dated that were in her Christian groups. Um, I was probably the most um, Christian of, of that group that she, she dated um, as far as my values go and how I treated her. So, um, and she explained that and I was like, okay, that's, you know, no big deal. It's, a, it's, it's okay because when she broke up with me she, you know, back, in, back in the day, uh, back in 1991, um, she was crying and and I was like, why are you crying? You know, you're breaking up with me. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be upset. I don't even know why you're breaking up with me, but okay. <laughs> so, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So we ended up uh, meeting back up and um, I, was, I typically, uh, I would take a, a surf trip um, 
every now and then, maybe once a year or once every two years to Costa Rica. So I was planning a surf trip to Costa Rica in the next several months in November, and she hadn't taken she, she hadn't taken a um, a day off from work in twelve years as she, that she was working in Vermont. So uh, she was going through a divorce at the time, and her girlfriends were telling her, "You got to get away. You know, got to take a break. Go to." Go to Cancun, go to Venezuela, go to Costa Rica, do something. So, ironically, at the same time, she was planning on taking a trip to Costa Rica as well. So I was like, well, why don't we just meet up in Costa Rica and say hi? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give high fives and, and, uh, and you know, uh, hang out for a few days and then I'll go do my surf trip and then you could do your yoga retreat because that's why she was going down there. And, uh, of course, she was like, okay. <laughs> yep, yep. But she did it. She was brave and but she, she did it. She did it. Yeah, she did it. But uh, in the back of her mind, she's like, he's not going to be on Eat, Pray, Love. You know, this isn't going to be like this. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we, we ended up meeting up and uh, everything was great. It was it was awesome. Um, but we hung out for a day or two and then I went and did my surfing thing. And then uh, uh, a few days later, we decided to meet back up. And we when we met back up... Um, I pulled up to where, you know, we, we were going to meet and she was on the ground ordering people around, you know, do you do this? You do that. And, uh, I was like, I, I pulled out of the car. I'm like, what's going on? And I find out that her, the driver who, uh, who drove her from her yoga retreat to our meeting point ended up running over her foot. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yeah. So she was outside trying to unload, um, her luggage uh, her backpack and he ran over her foot thinking that she was clear and then she screamed and then he got nervous and pulled forward and ran over her foot again. Uh, uh. <laughs> so luckily it was on, um, uh, like a sand, like gravelly surface. So it didn't crunch it too badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she, we still needed to take her to the hospital, which is a couple hours away. So and you I, were there I, and you helped with that? I was there. I picked her up and I loaded her into the car and I took her to the hospital. And um, to uh, so to, for me to be there, I had to you know tell them that I was her brother or family member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and uh, you can you can see in the, in the distance that there's a lady looking at the X-ray in one hand and had a cigarette in the other, and then speaking on you know <laughs> chatting on her cell phone in the other hand, and and we're like what is going on here? <laughs> so she comes back. She's like, no, you're fine. It's just a sprain. And we're like, okay, so we'll leave. <clears throat> so we ended up leaving and, and, uh, we just ended up having a really good time for the rest of the trip. You know, her foot was sore. So we were planning on, unfortunately we we're planning on, uh, going for some hikes, but you know, and instead of doing that, we just ended up, uh, playing low, you know, being, being uh, low key uh, with everything. But when we got back to the States, she went to the hospital, and it turned out that she did break her foot. Right. But yeah. at that point in time, there was nothing that they could do. So you were the caretaker for her for this broken foot. And I would imagine as your relationship kept going on, at some point you must have been like, what the what? Because Colleen had brain surgery in 2007, right, just before you got together. And then a lupus diagnosis in 2009, which is just after you got together. And then... In 2011, she had a massive, massive accident on a routine bike ride, correct? Correct. Yep. Yep. That is all correct. And and what happened there that she was running and she was run over by a freight truck? Yeah. So so with her lupus and um, her cryo and uh, her brain surgery, um, 
you know, I was fine with all of that, that, you know, she was, she, she appeared normal to me. You know, I, I didn't see any, anything wrong with her, um, at that, you know, w with that. Um, so it, it didn't, you know, that whole, the whole issues that she was going through didn't bother me at all. Um, but of course, you know, she, she, she hit her pain very well. Mm. Um, so coming up to 2011, she, uh, was cycling home from work um, from Guilford and we lived in Clinton at the time, which was about 10 miles, uh, point to point trip. Um, and about the halfway point, which was Madison, the town that was between Guilford and Clinton, uh, a freight truck ran a stop sign and ran her over front and back sets of tires. Mm. So it ran her over on her midsection and ended up, um, pulling off a lot of skin, mm -hmm. um, open booked her pelvis and degloved her leg. So when I got the call that she was hit by a truck, that's all I knew. I was working at the, I was working at, as a as a postal carrier at the time in, in a town called Wallingford, which was maybe forty minutes away. Um, so I got the call, and there was a there was a bystander that uh, that uh, was able to call me. My uh, my wife Colleen, she told she was able she was coherent during the whole time. So she, uh, she told him, um, she gave him my phone number and asked if, you know, if I could meet her at the hospital or go to the hospital. Um, so I got the call and, uh, I was like, uh, he goes, is this Sean Alexander? I was like, yes. And, and he said, your wife has been in an accident. I'm like, what do you mean? And he proceeded to tell me that she was hit by a truck. So I asked, what happened? Is she okay? And all he told me was that he thinks her leg is broke. And I was like, okay, crap. So I better, I better, you know, I better leave and, and go to the hospital. She's, you know, my wife's got a broken leg. She was hit by a truck. You know, what else had happened to her? I, I don't know. But that's all I knew the whole, the whole way there. Um, and then once I got to the, the hospital, I, I walked into the trauma bay um, or the emergency uh, I should say, I walked into the emergency, the ER, and asked if uh, Colleen had been admitted, and nobody really knew. Um, so I was like, this is weird. Uh, am I at the right hospital? <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I, I continued to ask around. I asked, you know, a few people. There was one person at the reception desk. There was a police officer. That, you know, nobody really knew. And then I finally looked over and somebody mouthed the word trauma to the person that I was asking uh, where Colleen was. And uh, I was like, oh, crap. Okay. So then they said, okay, we'll just had, have a seat and we'll send somebody out and talk to you soon. So maybe half an hour, an hour went by, a chaplain came out. And I don't think I knew she was a chaplain at the time, but uh, she, she just tried to... Um, tell me that, you know, Colleen, they're still working on her. Well, what do you mean working on her? Well, what's happening? Can, they couldn't give me any information. So eventually they ended up taking me to the visitor's lounge. They moved me from the visitor's lounge to, to uh, a private lounge and then back to the visitor's lounge in over maybe two, three, six hours time. Um, and I'm like, this is so weird. So finally, um, this, uh, this short, stocky guy comes out and um and approaches me and and says you know are you sean alexander i'm like yes and uh 
he said, I'm, I'm the uh, chief trauma surgeon. I just wanted to come out and tell you that your wife, your wife is, um, you know, we're still working on her. And I'm like, okay, so what happened? And he told me that she was run over by a truck. And of course, at that point in time, my mouth dropped. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so right. I was like, uh, I was like, this is, this is crazy. I thought, and then I explained, I thought she was just hit by a truck, you know, and broke her. No, no, no. She was run over by a truck and I need to go back and, and uh, continue working with her. And I was like, okay, go. <laughs> so I just sat down and I, that's when I ended up, you know, trying to collect myself. And I think I called her parents. I called my parents. I just, you know, was seeking uh, all types of support at that point in time. We'll get back to our conversation with Sean in a moment, but first, today's Kindness Call, sponsored by Cornwell Properties, where location matters. Hi, Nicole. This is Sue Donaldson. I am from San Luis Obispo, central coast of California. Here's my story. I have a friend named Sheila, and she has the great job of going by Trader Joe's once or, about once a week, and she picks up all the flowers that are on their way out to the bin, the ex- expiring flowers and she uh, takes them to retirement homes to cheer up people there who may not be receiving flowers on a regular basis. The funny thing is that she always stops in my neighborhood first and will text me and say I'm outside and I have flowers do you want any and so often I'll go outside in my robe but she doesn't care and we pick through the flowers and sometimes I'll take eight or ten bunches there are so many and some are plants as well and um, I bring them in, I throw them in pots of water and, and think about who can, uh, who would need a, a bunch of flowers that day on my block. And I walk them around and put them on people's front steps. And, uh, and then I'll get a text later, thanks for the flowers, I came home from work and there are these beautiful flowers. And even though they don't last, you know, as long as they normally would, it doesn't matter. It's just a step of kindness, as you would say. And... Um, it was particularly fun the other day because my friend is getting her first chemo with breast cancer, and I went and put some on her front steps. So, But I did tell her that I didn't pay for them. <laughs> anyway, great story, great friend, great flowers. I love Trader Joe's, and I love you. Bye. Did you know you can be on the Kindness Podcast? Call the Kindness Hotline with your story. You can leave us a voicemail at the number in the description of this podcast. Now, back to the show. So then once you left the hospital and really then all of the surgeries afterwards that she has had to have, you have been, I would imagine, the primary caretaker of her. What's your role in her recovery as it relates to kindness? Yeah, I would say that I was the primary caretaker. My role in her recovery was to help her along the road. When she was having a bad day, when she was down, I would say, listen, this isn't about us anymore. This is about all of those people who don't have the voice to do what you're doing to stand up for yourself and and uh, and be this advocate. So I was her advocate while she was in a uh, while she was in an induced coma for 45 days. Uh, and then when she got out of a coma, we uh, we um, she was transferred to Gaylord Rehabilitation Center, and there she had several breakdowns. Um, she would say to herself, "Why me? What? Why am I still alive?" There's so many people who have such less injuries who who don't survive this sort of thing. Why me? And that's when I would tell her, "It's because." You know, you're chosen. You're you're chosen to be the voice for those people who can't. 
What sort of self-care did you need to do for yourself during that time? Because that role of a caretaker has to be just exhausting. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, of course, it, it, was, it was exhausting. It was tedious. Um, but I would constantly tell myself, what would Colleen do if roles were reversed? Like mm. what, you know, what would she do if I were in her position and what would I want to, to be done? So it was, uh, it was a non-issue, mm. you know, as far as me breaking down that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. I, I wouldn't allow myself to do that. Um, I had plenty of lifelines. I had plenty of people to talk to. Uh, family members, friends, but when it all came down to it, I would just switch the roles and say, "All right, so this is a this is a pretty crappy thing that's happening to my wife. You know, she uh, she needs my support. Um, if I were in her shoes, then I would need her support. So, yeah, that's that's it. I Sean, I want to ask you a super personal question on okay. behalf of lots of women out there. There's a picture of Colleen on her website, and and she's wearing a sports bra and shorts, and you can see all of the scarring and things from her surgeries and from her accident. Um, I had a mastectomy, so I I had a, a breast removed from breast cancer, and I get the question a lot from other survivors, what if my husband doesn't find me attractive anymore? My body is too deformed to be considered attractive. You are a husband of a woman who has gone through massive things on her body. What do you say to those women who worry that they're just not going to be attractive anymore? This probably doesn't relate to that, but one of my friends would always tell me, like when a guy has scars, he would always say, bones heal, chicks dig scars, okay? (laughs) Which doesn't really relate to, to women, but it's kind of the same. I mean, scars can be kind of cool. It's not the normal that we're used to, but what is normal? What defines normal? So we have this preconceived notion in our head of a normal person and what they look like. We just need to get out of ourselves for a little bit and say, okay, well, this normal conception, it doesn't matter. With Colleen and having her scars, I look into her eyes and I don't even see the scars. You know, when she's wearing clothes, you don't even see them. But of course, when she's undressed, yeah, you can see all of her scars. I think each person is different. But when I hold her, like, I don't even feel the scars. I just hold her and she's the love of my life. Mm, I think that's going to be very healing for a lot of women to hear that. One more question for you. What do you feel as a caretaker you could and couldn't do for her that other people need to hear? Were there things that she needed to do for herself to get her confidence back? Were there times you had to back away? What sort of advice can you give to the people who are caring for someone they love like that? So for Colleen, um, she's a very driven person and her her love uh, was outdoor cycling. So for her to get back on her bike and just go, whether it was a three-wheeled recumbent, it was life-changing for her. And then when she was able to get on, you know, an upright two-wheel bike, uh, just a regular uh, road bike or a triathlon bike, that was amazing in itself. Now, don't get me wrong. She has plenty of bouts of PTSD when it comes to cycling on the road. If a big truck comes by, if, if, you know, a big semi drives by and she hears that, then all of a sudden it elicits all of these 
memories that she has, whether it's smell, sense, taste. I mean, she could, she gets all of that. Mm -hmm. So for people who are recovering and they want to get back into their daily routine, it's going to be different. You know, that things have changed. You, you know, you're going to have to accept that, but don't give up, like do what you love. And we as humans have the power to adapt like nothing else. Like our adaptive skills are amazing. Does Colleen run the same? No. I mean, she probably runs with a little bit of a limp and she definitely has pain when she runs. So why does she run? You know, the answer to that is because she can. And she said she's going to run until she can't anymore. And that's why we do triathlons. You know, we've done more triathlons after her trauma than we ever could have imagined doing. We weren't into triathlons or running events or swimming events or biking events as much as we were until after her trauma. And that goes to show her perseverance and her gratitude of just being alive. And she's got a heck of a cheerleader. Thank you, Sean, so much for talking with us today. Yeah, no, thank you. This was great. That was a conversation with Sean Alexander. You can learn more about Colleen and Sean's story at www.colleenkellyalexander.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Madeline Peck. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, make sure to spread some kindness in the review section. 